What is happening, Mark? Well, hey, Johnny. How are you there, buddy? I'm doing pretty fantastic, but you know I could always be doing a little bit better. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know, I, I got this buddy that I used to know in high school, and, you know, a guy really knew his way around a lot of tools. Some would say he's even second best to me as far as, like, coping saws and everything else. Well, I know you were really, you you were very proud of your technical ability when it comes to, like, you know, you're a handyman. I am a handyman. Yeah. I am a handyman, but, you know, like, I, I, I don't know, I talked to this guy the other day, he's substitute teaching for uh, the, the shop class that's at my old high school, and, uh... Uh, this guy, like, all of a sudden, I, I guess he's not allowed to use actual tools in in his class anymore. Like, everybody just classifies it as a weapon, and they have a zero-tolerance policy. So, like, if they tolerate it even once, they can't call it zero-tolerance. Like, this country. I just don't, I don't understand it, man. <sighs> you know, all he wants to do is make, uh, make this sweet-ass birdhouse and this sweet-ass napkin holder with his, uh, with his students. Mm-hmm can't do it just no. can't do it depressing it's very it's where have we gone where have we gone i'll tell you where we are where are we mark we're at the dangle podcast of my goddamn apartment again <laughs> yes this we is are. week two of two johnny is here we're here in studio if the audio is weird i'm sorry but i'm gonna do what i can but here we are welcome to the dangle podcast this is the weekly king of the hill podcast where i mark and my good buddy johnny we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic king of the hill and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs of the, and the lows. And we talk about why it is important to wear goggles. Not just because they're cool, but because OSHA safety is so important. <laughs> Listeners, Johnny was poking himself in the eyes. I broke. Because we're live in studio. The energy is here again. I'm worried for the future, man. This is week two of two of this, like... Oh God! You're what is, here. What is the future going to look like? We're, it's never going to be the same. It'll it'll be the same. Like if Josh and I can get through like live recordings together and then like come down from that amazing high. <laughs> like oh, here we are though. We we need to get into it. Two episodes of King of the Hill, Johnny. What is on the docket tonight? Uh, well, we're going to start today with episode sixty-four, Little Horrors of Shop. Now, Mark, do you know what this uh, name is referencing? Um, isn't it something effective like? A pet shop, and in the pet shop, like, you have tarantulas and snakes, and snakes are scary. Not even a little bit. Oh. Uh, it's based is off Is it of, a shitty fucking musical that every high school in America does? It actually is. It's not as shitty shop, as you think. Little shop, little shop. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's one of the all-time greatest, um, oh god, what the fuck is his name now? Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis movies of all time. Thank you very That's much. That's how I shrunk the kids, but all right. It's, it's one of. Or Brother one Bear. One of. I'm kidding. Brother Bear's trash. <laughs> um, Little Horrors of Shop. Original air date October 31st, 1999. It's a Halloween episode, everybody. Little Horrors of Shop. What a clever little bit. Right? Ooh, gonna... So, all right. So, we talked last week about how there's a 21-day gap in between this recording, or this episode and uh, Cotton's Plot. Do you think that that's... Do you think that they um, named it this knowing that it was going to be dropped in Halloween, or they just named it that knowing that it was going to be released sometime in October and it'd be funny? I, I honestly, I think, uh, I think they just lucked out. Yeah. Let's be honest. All right. That. Yeah, they got lucky. I think it's lucked out. So, uh, Mark, do you want to know who was playing the World Series that year? I do. Because we're here. We're and here. why the hell not? The World Series ran from October 23rd to the 27th. Um, our t- TV announcers were Bob Costas and Joe Morgan, Gary Thorne, and Ken Singleton. Uh, it was on the radio, all sorts of shit. The National League champions were the Atlanta Braves. 
and the American League champions were the New York Mets. Uh, the Atlanta Braves won. It was the last time they won until this year. Riz until 2021. They had not won in over oh 20 God. years. The oh MVP God. for this, however, was not... What the fuck? <clears throat> wow. All right. Okay, we're going to strike yeah. this for half a second. You yeah, can yeah. bring it back. The National League Championship Series was the Atlanta Braves who beat the New York Mets, but they played against the Yankees, and the Yankees won the series. So we almost had a full New York series, which is kind of badass. The MVP for the Yankees was Mariano Rivera, and yeah, right. that's how it is. Uh, I feel like an asshole for that. Not at all. Because I know NLCS is championship series, I just assumed. That's the magic of editing. You are yes, never the asshole. <laughs> never never the asshole. Unless I do to you and I've done to Josh before and just insert fart noises on you. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so uh, we have October of 1999. Our writer for this episode is a new one, Mark. All right. Uh, at least I think he's new, at least new to us. As far as a writer, he's been a producer in a whole bunch. Literally, he is <laughs> he is just um, in the wiki. It just says he is a writer for King of the Hill. Okay. And he basically has a weird-ass looking mugshot. Oh, that dude sold meth to kids. <laughs> well, name, he bought beer for kids. His name is Kit Boss. <laughs> that dude sold meth to kids. So I think I might need to do some uh, amending here because it doesn't tell us what else he's done. Once again, listeners, Johnny is on the front lines of that wiki page doing work, cleaning those motherfuckers up because they are bad. <laughs> uh, so our cast of characters for this episode, Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotree, Buck Strickland makes a return. We have an unnamed cameo from J. Evan Bonifant, an unknown female cameo by Jane Widlin. We have a cameo from one Principal Carl Moss. I fucking hate that guy. And we get Joseph Gribble and Clark Peters. You get a lot of Clark Peters in this yes. one. Now, he's not mentioned in this. However, we also get Stuart Dooley. So I need to add him in here. Yep. Because he just basically says one line and it's, he lost his job. Which is... Okay, we've talked a lot before. <laughs> Already sidebar. Five minutes in sidebarring. But man, we have talked before about how I get annoyed with Dooley. Yes. But the use of Dooley in this episode, fantastic. One line. That's all he needs. That's, that's, all, that's all it should be. Yes. Dooley should not be an ever-present force. He can be like a background character. You can use him to like fill animation space. But like later seasons, Dooley is in like every episode and they give him lines. It's like... It's not funny when he's just talking slow and dumb and quiet. Like, you don't know about Dooley, Mark. <laughs> Clark Peters is fantastic. I love him. Man, this might be the episode where I, he is my least favorite character ever because I can't stand people with stuffy noses. I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just a kid. But you, sir, disgust me. <laughs> Sorry, All right, guys, we're fuck jumping you, forward. well done. We're well done, forward. well done. Um, a synopsis, Mark, yeah? Yeah, yeah? Synopsis. Hank is forced to take vacation and turns to teaching to fill his time. Peggy becomes threatened by a new hotshot substitute. <laughs> well done. Yeah? It doesn't now, give away now, too much. Now, now, do it, now do it as Clark Peters. Hank is forced to take vacation and turns to teaching to fill his time. Peggy becomes threatened by a new hotshot substitute. <laughs> yeah. 
You're welcome. Guys, Thank you. in case you didn't know this, I adore doing Clark Peters' voice. So if I ever actually decide to live stream again on my Twitch channel, that is going to be one of my channel rewards. It's just to basically talk for the next five minutes like Clark Peters. You have told me before that you love my John Redcorn. I love your Clark Peters. Yes. Oh, it's amazing. Fantastic. Uh, so, Mark, we have an A story of Hank and Peggy, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody else is kind of like in the in the distance here. Moss shows up quite a bit. Moss Hank, is a framing device. Um, uh, Bobby's in here quite a bit. Framing Joseph's device. in here. Like yeah. they're 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 there. They're just kind of touch on things. But they're not. They're it's like, Hank and Peggy. It's Hank versus Peggy, really. Really? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Battle of sexes. Yeah. Um, give me some notes, man. I got some notes. Before I do that, um, you brought me a gift. You're in studio. Um, listeners, Johnny showed up. We're, you know, we, you know, we were always recording two together at the same time, but he brought me a gift, uh, from a rogue brewing company, the Bass, Bat Squatch Hazy India Pale Ale. Um, and I'm just going to read this cause this is fantastic. For years, rumors have circled in the deep woods of Mount St. Helens of the fabled Bat Squatch. While there are many tales of Bat Squatch, they are all hit hazy on the details, which makes the truth of such a juicy mystery. So what better way to honor the legend with a hazy, juicy IPA? Perfect for camping and potentially for making a new friend. Well, Johnny, you're already my best friend and I love you, buddy, and I am excited. Cheers to that. I'm not big a fan of IPA, but uh, not only is it perfect for you who loves the cryptids and everything else in our lovely, weird, bizarre world that it is, but damn, is it a good beer. Fucking A. Here we go. Oh my goodness. That is so clean. For an oh, IPA that, that, that doesn't kick you that in the face, fantastic. right? That is great. <laughs> Long-time listeners to two, to two Wizards will know that I get mad at IPAs almost weekly now for about 100 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> Because that's all that you can get. But if this was all I could get, I'd be fine. This is great. Thank it's you, buddy. It's solid for a, a relatively not microbrew microbrew. Mm. Oh, man. That's oh, it's so good. I told you, man. I'm Ooh. sad I couldn't find it here. But we got you at least one. Alamos is a trash hole. <laughs> um, all right. Notes. notes. Here we go. Um, number one. Johnny. Once again, we haven't seen this since Husky Bobby. But I got to ask, man. What the hell is Peggy wearing? I don't it's know, that Mark. weird shitty button-up like shift. It oh. looks like a um, what do you call those? Like it's a worker. It looks like a. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> um, I can't think of the name. It's just one of those like shitty button-up shirts that don't have a collar. It looks like that. Oh. She's okay. at the kitchen table grading the biology test. She looks terrible. Um, I just <laughs> took note of it. Um, why is Peggy grading again? I have to ask myself, listeners, I'm going to ask you, Mike Judge, if you're hearing this, tell me. People in Texas who are substitute teachers, maybe you can answer this. More burps. I apologize. Um, why is Peggy grading? I have been, I was, an, I tried to be an educator and those who can't do teach and those who can't teach go work at City Market. But <laughs> they like, teach gym. They, well, they don't teach gym too, but like, um, I, my subs never graded my shit for me. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That was a weird bit for me. Maybe she's long term. I don't know. That's another hang up for me. Peggy's grading again. I don't care. I made note of that too. Like I definitely was watching that and I went, God, Mark's I swear Mark hit on this like a season ago. Why is the substitute grading tests yeah. for more than one subject even? Yeah. Cause I feel like the one where she gets to teach Spanish for Lupe's Revenge, it's a big damn deal that she gets to teach a lesson plan. Yeah whatever it's it's fine it's whatever she's grading it's cool um i gotta ask you johnny 
So so the Hank has to go on vacation. Buck sends him on vacation because he hasn't taken his days. He called in sick when Bobby was born, but he still showed up and pulled a nooner, I think. He, went to, he showed up that Saturday. Yeah, he showed up that Saturday. That's what it was. But so, like, first day of Hank's vacation, Johnny, why is he wearing the hat? <laughs> Hank is wearing this weird blue ball cap, and it's just wonky. I don't know. Hank doesn't wear hats other than his Strickland hats. Yeah. And even then, he doesn't. Like, he, you don't have to put it on. It's okay. You could be, be Listeners, I'm putting in, my Strickland hat on. I need to. Be comfortable in studio. Well, give me my luchador mask. If you're, or give me my Naruto headband if you're going to do that. <laughs> right there on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, Johnny has a Strickland hat on. I have my Leaf Village headband on. Here we go. Dot to bio. <laughs> um, why is he wearing the hat? We don't know. Um, I like the setup very early on when they show the exterior shot of the middle school the letters spell out Om um, Landy. I love that. Um, Bobby loves Hank in this episode. Yes. I really, really like that Bobby is kind of Hank's hype man. And it's not like he's looking for attention. He's not drawing focus. He's just trying to make him like succeed. Yeah. It's not, bad. I'll go ahead and sign it for you. He just like, does the weird, like he just keeps saying like, I in America over and over again. <laughs> Well, and it's not like Lupe's Revenge where Peggy intentionally asks him and, to be that yeah, guy. That, and that was my follow-up point is like Peggy has to ask Bobby to do stuff. Hank does not. And this is why, and I have this note in here, that um, that Bobby is Hank's boy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, damn it. Like, Peggy is very supportive. We're going to see this next episode. She's a very supportive mother, very loving mother, very good mother. But Bobby just loves Hank. And I think that's such a sweet little moment. My boy ain't much, but he's all I got. <laughs> I'm my daddy's seed. <laughs> and, um, Shut up, Dale. Finally, and I didn't take a picture of this, and I should have, but in Hank's classroom, there is a very tan, very blonde child. And I've got to ask you, Johnny, do you think that this is Boomhauer's bastard? Or do you think... That it's just an animation thing that's a throwaway gag. But I also, like, you know how Family Guy does that bit of there's like a quagmire bastard in like almost every frame when they're in the schools? Yeah, but Simpsons does it too with Barney. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Like, do you think that this is a Boomhauer bastard or just, is Boomhauer the Robert Baratheon of King of the Hill? <laughs> I mean, he could be. Could be. I don't know. He, we know he gets around. We know he's a poonhound. You've called him that a thousand times. I've called him that a thousand times. Yeah. We'll call him that a thousand times again, but yeah. Interesting. How about you? You got some notes? Uh, I do. God damn, this is a fantastic beer. It's really Sorry, good. Sorry, I just like right? took another drink. I was like, oh my God. It's really so, God. so solid. It's fantastic. And I hate IPA. Uh, so for my notes, uh, Grandma's Cookie Crunch makes a return, Mark. Fuck, does it? It does. Bobby's eating it in the beginning. <laughs> then the milk is about to go bad. There it goes. Can I tell you, sidebar? Yeah. So when we were in... Um, san francisco we spent a whole day sleeping in our hotel room because of insane jet lag yep and we just watched king of the hill and that episode was on we like literally it was like we watched like four episodes that we just covered like just recently and i was like quoting it and then she was like man and we had this running joke because she'll she loves scrubs yep and she'll quote it like a second or two ahead of it and my running gag is oh you've seen this one a couple times right and so, like, every time I said, well, we've seen this one a couple times, like, we just fucking covered this. Leave me be. <laughs> That's why I love her. Yep. Anyway, go on. Moving on. Um, and then the other, only other one I have in here, and feel free to agree or disagree with me on this. Okay. 
Why have you and I never seen and probably never will see ever again, even with a potential reboot, Hank and Dale exterminating together? I like it a lot. I like that it's a cute moment. I don't think that Hank is into killing various living isms. I, I think he likes the, the other aspects of it. I think it's giving... It's literally Hank doing something. Yeah. He's not going to go to Fort Blanda and cut hair with Bill. Nope. He's not going to go hang out at the police station with Boomhauer. Spoilers, listeners, but whatever. Yeah. You can bleep that out. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to put it in. Like it, You should know by now. It's 10 years. It's 10 years too late. We already know. It's more than 10. It's like, what, 2008? That's 14 years. Fuck, it's 14 years since this thing ended. Yeah, like, Boomhauer being a Texas Ranger is going to get his learner's permit in August. Like, there you it's go. all right. So, yeah, it's I, a cute I, moment. I loved seeing them work together because it was basically just like, okay, how much convincing do you think it took Dale to get Hank to walk in with him into a tented house? He had to pay for gas. Like, but, it, I mean, Hank is the smart one. He goes, it's tented. What do you mean I can go in? Yeah. And then he gets to go hang out. And I have a, a note in here about the bidet. I, yeah. <laughs> Only because I have a bidet at my house. And I'm not not gonna lie. I'm seriously tempted to to drink out of it. Well, I having I we listeners, me and my lady go on vacation once a year, and we always do Airbnbs. And like literally every Airbnb we go to, at least one out of every two has a bidet. Oh my god, I love bidets. We we're I was just you will find out in like 30 minutes, listeners. I was in Hawaii like a week ago. And one of our Airbnbs had a bidet, and I tell you, nothing washes poi out of your back crack better than a fucking bidet. You never. You feel can wipe cleaner. for days, or you just hit the little switch. You never feel cleaner. Never feel cleaner. Weird. Americans are idiots, dude. The French you got it, like. And you know what? Even if, better, the Japanese man. They yeah. give you happy poopy time. <laughs> and they shoot the rainbows. <laughs> you know too much. The man who made a dragon cry. <laughs> Okay, Mark, we got to keep focusing Not here. Dangle Simpsons. I apologize, Not, There we go. Uh, let's get into some pros and cons. You want me to start? You want to start? You do it, Bodie. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, that's the only, only other notes I had. Oh, wait. Uh, no, I did that. Garth is backwards. Boomhauer's bastard. Sorry, I said that already. Yes. But Garth from Order the Straight Arrow. Yes, Garth. I wrote Garth, and I didn't... I don't think I said Garth earlier, but yeah, there we go. No, there you go. Okay. Uh, so, pros. This is a really obnoxious Peggy episode, and I love it because I hate Peggy. Okay. I hate Peggy in this episode, and she makes me hate her. Okay. Um, it, but, and the reason it's such a good thing in this episode is because the amount that I hate Peggy intensifies how much I love Hank as a teacher. Okay. Like, I think in my, in my viewing of this, it just shows like, holy shit, Hank is a really good teacher and you wouldn't see this if Peggy wasn't trying to sabotage him and trying to one up him and trying to be the substitute of the year. Yeah. You know, Hank makes it look so effortless. And so you love him that much more. I love it. Um, I, I love Dale's bidet comment. Mm-hmm. Did you think it was a, a, a water fountain? Because I did. <laughs> Next bidet. Listeners, active update alert. Next Airbnb I go to with a bidet. I'm going to try it. <laughs> I'll um, run it for a few minutes before I do it, but I'm going to do it. I love Bobby putting goggles on and then poking himself in the eyes because he's got the goggles on for like a solid 10 seconds. It's literally the cup bit from um, 
Bobby Slam. Yes. Go ahead. Punch it. He <gasps> has to test. Okay, but also, like, you test your protective equipment. Johnny, yeah. if I gave you a helmet right now, you'd say, Mark, hit me in the head with that flail on your wall. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'd do that, but I'm also not going to do a, uh, a sour coach sours and run into the wall. Uh, Take a salt tablet. I guess you care about your brain. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fair. Take a salt tablet, Mark. Take a salt tablet. Um, And I really, like, the the best pro I can say about this episode, because it's a great episode, yeah. is not only is Hank a really good teacher, but Bobby gets a lot out of it. It's almost a bonding moment with him. Yeah. You just don't get to see it because it's Hank with everybody, not just Bobby. But I like that you don't need to see it. I like that yes. we don't have to have a conclusion. Yes. I thought you were a good teacher, Dad. Like, we don't you need don't to need have that, and it's nope. really good. And Because if, if Bobby did that, it would make it weird for Hank. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those unspoken things. You know, Hank's relationship with Cotton is very unspoken. But it's unspoken on the other spectrum. It's the wrong side of unspoken. Yes, We exactly. don't talk. Like... But he can do the not talking thing with Bobby and know that everything's okay. Yeah. And this is a very good example of yeah. that. So, give me some of your pros, man. All right, some pros here. Um... I cope circles around him. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know why that stood out, but I laughed my ass off. Um, it's, a, it's a Bobby, it's a Bobby Hank bit. Um, Hank going the, the, the Yahoo and then Bobby following, yeah, the big Yahoo. Yahoo, but then following closely with slash the butt joint bit. Instead of a miter joint. <laughs> and then Bobby starts laughing because Hank a says a butt, butt joint. joint. And Bobby's laughing at the butt joke. And Bobby's laughing because Hank says butt. But Hank <laughs> thinks he's laughing because Bobby's recognizing it's the wrong one. No, it's not. It's Bobby. He's still 12, 13-ish at this point. And you're going to laugh every time somebody says the word butt. I love that. Yep. Um, I love Hank and Dale in the hot tub after Hank gets fired or whatever you want to call it. Yep. With his blow-up neck pillow yeah. and everything. Yeah. I love that little bit. Um, Hank's speeches. Holy shit. Like, we've talked, before, we've talked a lot about where they blew the animation budget. We're in season four now. I think, like, chronologically in the idea of animation, we are past the point where cells are hand-drawn, right? So we're not going to get a lot of, like, where we blew our animation budget. Right. But I like Hank's facial animations when he's giving his speeches. Yeah. Like, he does the one, and this is what shop is about, making things for our moms. Or when he's, like, in his garage and he tears up, and I really love Hank's speeches. It's a huge pro for me. Um, That should be a favorite moment, but it's also a pro telling uh, Joseph, I don't see why your father needs to hear about this. <laughs> I don't, we don't need to tell your dad about this. I love that. Like... I can imagine this like weird cut scene when it's like they're they're in the alley and Bill has to go home to be a pant load and Boomhauer's got to pee or that's what it is Boomhauer's got a date Bill's got to go pee, and so they're standing in the alley. Dale Joseph gave me a napkin holder that was terrible. I didn't want to tell you, but I think it bears mention something to that effect. Yeah, like, but he, I love that. I love how this is such a big deal, and then I have in a very sharp contrast to you. I don't think that Peggy is wrong in this episode yet. We have talked. Now we are in the post-TBI Peggy. We are. She has fallen from the plane. And from now on, I am very, very keeping, very, very actively like tracking Peggy and her descent into insanity because of her like, it's a head injury. Yeah. Bitch fell from a plane and lived. Like, she's one of six people and she's making that number up or whatever the quote is. Yep. I don't think she's wrong. She's the substitute teacher of a year, two years in a row. Wow, I am fucking shithoused. 
She is the substitute teacher of the year for two years in a row, and this could be her third year. She has just survived falling out of an airplane and didn't die. And then suddenly, Hank is this Johnny-come-lately, excuse the pun, into the, 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 the very small pond of Tom Landry Middle School where Peggy is. And that is threatening it. Now, I will give you she's kind of obnoxious about it, but at the same time, like, Peggy knows her shit. Like, right. like she has to do the, like, the, the acronym on her fingers or whatever. I took ed classes. I was an yeah. education major. I don't remember the methods, but I remember, like, yeah, pedagogical, like, <laughs> authoritarians. Like, it's a legit thing. It, it's a very real thing, and Peggy knows this. Peggy is very good in her field. We've talked a lot before about, like, we don't get to see, like, um, uh, Man Who Shot Kane Skredeberg was the guys being shown saving Boomhauer in their chosen fields marking people and, and, and talking and, and taking notes on it. We're getting to see Peggy as a teacher and like suddenly all of a sudden here comes Hank, big old swinging Dick Hank Hill. And he's Just taking it. Yeah. He's winging it. And he's really stealing her thunder. Yeah. And yeah, he's good at it. But like, you know, like I, I'm reminded of to spank with love when she gives the talk about the Spanish inquisition and she, Oh yes. <laughs> the, the, the picture of her up on the, the map. Yep. In her, in her granny panties and stuff. Right now, in this point, Peggy is still a good person. She's not being selfish. Okay. She's justified in her motivations. And I kind of stand with Peggy in this. I don't think she's obnoxious yet. I don't think... I don't. This isn't Lupe's revenge, where Peggy's sure... F- her, her, her self-confidence in herself is her greatest downfall. Right. It's not Peggy filled with hubris... It's Peggy going, God damn it, I'm the best sub here. Like, we see here in the beginning grading tests, which we've talked about already about. It's a sticking point for me. But at the same time, she is grading tests. And then when she realizes that she fucked it up, she tells Bobby to go find her a frog. Yeah. And I guarantee you, if Bobby were to do it, he would kill, or she would, like, punch that frog. No, I bet she'd stomp on it with her giant size 16s <laughs> and then gut that son of a bitch and, like, suddenly diagram it. Like, in this moment, Peggy Hill is fantastic and beautiful, but that's, right. yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's... That was a tangent, though, I, but I love it. I 100% stand Peggy Hill in this one, but that's okay. where I'm at, yeah. Okay. How about some uh, cons there, good buddy? Uh, let's see here. I don't know how Hank can't... Okay, so for my cons, I honestly have no idea how Hank, Hank can't find a project to do around his house. Really? Because Hank always has something that he can find. Do you remember the fi- the ten bags of cement that you said I'd never use? Well, I found a use for one of them. It's true. It but took like, his wife falling out of a plane to use a bag of cement. I mean, I'm trying to think here. Like, okay, you're by yourself, and I, the rest of the guys are kind of working, but Dale never really works. Go fix something at Dale's house, because you know there's a bunch of shit wrong there. He doesn't want to get into a John Redcorn and Nancy. I guess. I don't know. And, me, but then, like, Bill's is too busted to go fix. To me, it's a... Well, and Bill's probably at work. But, I mean, like, Hank can't, like, like sneak over, break in, and, like... Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. To me, it was just weird because Hank always manages to find something to do. Okay. If it's not something around his house, it's something he's always wanted to do. Okay. You know? Like, dude, the dude's teaching shop. He, he talks about building a mini foosball table. He would just do that because he could. I don't think he would. No? Because I imagine that Hank would have to plot out where this foosball table would go. Mm, okay. Something to that end. 
don't know. I found it a con because I, I, I want to believe that Hank has a little bit more ingenuity when it comes to finding something to do, but I get why they did it. It's yeah. it, it, it's definitely good watching for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Have you noticed that with this episode now, both Hank and Peggy have completely shit on anything that Luann wants to do? Yes. <laughs> she can't do propane nope. because Hank says, absolutely not. There's absolutely no way you not. could. She can't be a substitute teacher because Peggy's like, absolutely not. You can't do that. Even though, let's be fair here, she could a thousand percent sub. Oh, God, yes. Half the class, the male half of that class, would listen to anything Luann said. I had a math teacher in eighth grade or ninth grade named Miss Bissett who was a temper or a long-term sub because my teacher broke his spine skiing. And uh, you know the only year that I did good in math? It was when fucking Jacqueline Bissett was my math teacher. Because she had the fattest fucking ass. And I don't mind telling you and our <laughs> listeners that. Because I was 14 and horny. Yep, there you go. Um, Let's see here. There is so much wrong with what they... Like, the projects they have the middle schoolers doing in this. And that's my issue. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to concede... Okay, you're giving them a power drill. They're going to go and fix uh, a bathroom door. Okay. Cool. Makes sense. Okay, you can have them fix grout. You can have them do some wood projects. You are not going to give a bunch of middle schoolers welding equipment and let them put on Landy Middle School and fix it. The middle schoolers aren't going to do that's it. That's a help. very okay. That's a very fair point. Acetylene torches are dangerous. Yes, they yes. will help, but they are not going to be the ones that are doing it like it's portrayed in there. Okay. 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 Um, and my last con here. I fucking hate Carl Moss. He's annoying. I hate him. I also think this take is... it back like ten percent. You're coming super. I apologize. Fu- I'm getting really. I know. Excited. I know. But you're. Here. <laughs> I fucking hate Carl Moss, dude. Yeah. And I think this is where it starts, and he never gets any better. Well, this is the first time we've really seen him. It is, and it's like then maybe that's why I have a problem with him so damn. He showed up in Bobby Slam as like the weird mediator between Peggy and Clee Hammer, and yeah. Yeah. But... So I'm just like, nope. I'm, I'm done with you. I don't want to deal with you. I hate you. Okay. I'm done with Carl Moss. Give me some cons, man, because I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of vitriol coming out of me. There's right a now. lot. So I've got <laughs> I've got two, and one of them might be a retro reference rage. Okay. But also, I have not been a kid in school for I graduated in 07. This is 22. What is that? 15 years? Just about 15 years. Um, number one, Hank's Leatherman plier flip. Leatherman's the pliers are in the middle. You unfold it. And this is, I know this is such a stupid con. We've talked before about in, in this show, we've talked before about like what a big fucking deal. Leatherman's were yeah. back when, and for Hank to have like this weird switchblade Leatherman. I don't like that. No stupid. note. That's like a weird deluxe model type of thing, but they never made one. But at the same time, I bet you Hank has that shit. <laughs> yeah. Hank I bet would. you, he like sat up at night. With a legal pad, like, writing down the pros and cons of the deluxe Switchblade Leatherman model versus the regular unfoldy plier model. Yeah. And secondly, this is, like, almost a retro reference rage for me, but I'm not sure. Does shop class still exist? When I was doing student teaching in 2015, there was a defunct shop in Alamosa High School where I was, where me and Streeter were, like, helping the kids build sets. Okay. But that room was not used. Interesting. I don't think shop class exists. I took it in sixth grade in Denver, and that was 2000. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, like 2000. Yeah, that was 2000. So, like, so, I don't know if it exists or not. And really, that's my biggest sticking point is, is Shop a thing? I don't know. But I've also been out of the game for a long fucking time. So. It's true. No, I had the same thought because I asked my wife the other day, did, did you ever have shop class? Because I never did. But I also intentionally didn't take that. I was a weird theater kid, choir kid. That's where my extracurriculars went to. It wasn't shop. It wasn't metal shop. It wasn't wood shop. And she went, yeah, we've got this weird little box that's been in our house for 13 years at this point. She's like, I made that in shop. Really? Yeah. Okay. She made it when she was a freshman in high school. And that was in Colorado Springs. So I have to imagine it does probably still exist, but it has to be a bigger area. Well, so like your wife and I sort of went to high school in the same region, different a little bit, but not really. We didn't have it. It wasn't a thing that existed. Interesting. But in Denver, it did. Like I said, I did it at uh, at Hamilton, but yeah. I did in my high school. I just never took it. I just remember all of the the, like weird burnout high school um, athletes would take shop class because the guy who taught shop was also like four different coaches. So they just, it was an easy credit. So it's like, yeah, it's okay. rocks. It, it's rocks for jocks. The geology class yeah. for yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no, but I I had the exact same thought of like, does does shop even exist anymore? And really, for me, that's a retro reference rage. It like, is. Yeah. I hate Common Core. That's why I'm not a teacher. I hate fucking Common Core, you guys. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, cons. Go for it, buddy. Uh, so I get my cons, but I will give you some retro rage, man. All right. I only that. got one. Okay. Uh, what's Bobby's favorite cool thing that happened at school? When his teacher used spit to clear off the overhead projector. Mark, oh. when was the last time you saw an overhead projector? 15 years ago? 2004, Peyton High School, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I just, like, in case you guys out there don't know, an overhead projector is this light source that shines up through a mirror and then projects a, a weird little projection thing essentially an animation cell onto the wall, and you can use spit to clean it off. They can. These are the markers. <laughs> Um, we drew, um, we had this dude, I'll bleep his name, we had this and he drew fucking cocks on everything, somehow, <laughs> we had this, we had this English teacher named Murphy, right, and okay. Murphy was a real fucking dickhead, I didn't, I liked him, cause like, I could write passably well, and I wasn't dumb, sure, but like, he was a basketball coach, and like, he was the one that was like, my, my players will wear a three-piece suit before games, and all this shit, Whatever, discipline, regulation, so forth. I get it. I get it now that I'm older. But so, once upon a time, um, somehow this kid got a hold of Murph's lesson plan and drew cocks all over it. Just. <laughs> but, like, it was so artistic. Like, I'll never forget. We're reading passages from um, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. Okay. And there's dicks just sprouting everywhere. <laughs> and, like,. Because he was in my friend group because I was in like the shitty skater kids, which is weird because it was a rural fucking high school and there was no like concrete to skate on. But there we were. And they adopted me before I understood that I was a theater kid and he threw dicks all over and shit. It's like Murph laid it down. Like he (laughs) lost. I'll never forget. It's so crystallized. He took the projector and flipped the fucking thing. Because this dude, his base level was rage. So making him even angrier was not a smart move? No! It'd be like shooting the Incredible Hulk in the balls with a BB gun. You don't do it! But good old Steve did it. Oh, Oh. man. Oh, God. That was so long ago. Drink. There we go. God, again, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love it. This is so good, dude. 
White cheddar, grilled salmon, strawberry shortcake. Right on. There you go. Um, so, Mark, are, anyway. we, are we to favorite moments? I reckon we are. You want mine or you want yours? Well, I didn't write any, so give me yours. I've got two. Okay. You already mentioned one. Clamp your butt joint. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm. You know what? I don't give a shit if it makes me sound like I'm 12 years old and, and uh, completely inappropriate. Whatever. Clamp your butt joint will always make me laugh. And Mark... Was it small like an ant? Crafty like a fly. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a classic uh, Dale line in yep. there. Great Crafty. Dale episode. Great Dale episode. Yes. And, and he's used so sparingly in this. Which is good. I feel like this could have really gone off the rails and become Dale being weird. It and it could've. isn't. It wasn't. Like, he doesn't. It's great. It's it's almost like, a, like you get a little bit of a, a gift in the fact that you see him again... After Hank gets fired, yeah, in the same it setting, I'm like, I wasn't expecting it. It's it's like a little treat for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, awesome, we get to see more of Tenting Dale. Um, okay, so I guess uh, if you don't have any favorite moments, memory, well, I didn't write them down, but I have favorite let's, moments. Let's hear them. Yeah. Um, number one, I already kind of talked about. I love Hank's speeches; those are so good. Yeah. Um, I love anytime Bobby and Hank interact. Mm-hmm. I love those little bits, and then um, I love um. Um, can't even say the fucking line. <laughs> a kid who's holding tools can't do drugs. If they want to do the drugs enough, they'll put the tools down. They'll just put the tools down, Hank. Um, I hate Carl Moss, but he's so funny. I hate he's him so, so much. Oh, he's terrible. He's a piece of shit. But like, God damn it, that's funny. Um, but yeah, past that, like this. This was one. We have these episodes every now and then. We just don't do anything. We just sit there and watch it. This was a close one. This yeah. was a sit there and watch it for me. I don't have a favorite moment really because the whole episode is solid. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, so we should probably break in our rating systems. You yeah. uh, you want to get into it there, good buddy? I can, yeah. So our rating system is as follows. Our lowest tier here is charcoal because charcoal is dirty and useless. Uh, charcoal is our F rank. You're not going to want to watch this episode again. You may watch it one time because you're going through the whole series and that's about it. After that, we have our Megalo rating. That's kind of our bronze tier. You get a couple of good moments here. You get some character building, maybe a memorable moment here and there. Uh, something funny a character says that you can quote again. But really, other than that, you don't tend to watch those very much at all. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have our silver tier, Butane. It's a bastard gas, and it's a bastard of an episode because half of it's good, half of it's bad, usually. Uh, with a Butane episode, you will usually watch it... Uh, you don't seek it out, but it's uh, it's not too terrible. After that, you have your gold standards, your go- your Char Kings. And if Mark and I both agree on a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. The gold standard episodes are what represents the absolute best and brightest of King of the Hill. These are your formative episodes. They're the ones that help you understand the characters a lot. They're the ones that help build the universe for you. Char King episodes are what you want to show people that are getting into King of the Hill. The only thing better than a Char King is our Blue Flame of Valor. This is an absolute perfect episode of not just King of the Hill, but TV in general. With a Blue Flame of Valor, you can watch this show and understand it completely with almost no context needed. So a Blue Flame of Valor is kind of our uh, our unicorn level, right, Mark? Yeah. They don't happen very often. We've given out very few of these Blue Flames. Uh, I have a feeling, though, that we're going to get a couple more here before too long because we're getting into some really good stuff season three season four this is kind of the golden years of king of the hill so with that being said mark 
You want to rate this guy? I would love to. I am giving the Little Horrors of Shop a Blue Flame of Valor. That was not me slipping up. This is a fantastic episode. I love this episode. I laughed at it. I sympathized with it. I love Hank's journey. I love Peggy's journey. I love Bobby and Hank's interactions. There are no drop lines. There are no bad lines. There are no stupid jokes. One of my biggest cons is Clark Peters' gross snotty ass. And that's nothing. That's character <laughs> development. I can't con that. This kid is stuffed up through the entire episode. Give poor Clark Peters a goddamn Something Benadryl. Something's happening to Bobby. <laughs> and they animate the goddamn twin trails of snot shooting out his nose. No. This, this one for me is a... With Plastic White Female, that was my first blue flame, and I got real weird about it because I felt like I did something bad. But with this one, I can, like, dick out, give it a blue flame of valor. I love this episode. Okay. I would show this episode to anybody. You don't need context for it. It sets it up so well. And yeah, Peggy's kind of obnoxious a little bit. But I, again, I without getting onto the same thing I've already done... Peggy is a thousand percent justified in my mind. Right. And maybe she gets a bit like touchy, you know, kind of towards the end. But even that little bit of Hank walking the stage and the kids chanting, shop, shop, shop. Hank reached these keys. He reached these keys. He reached these keys. And awesome. God damn, I love this episode. Johnny, what do you got? So, originally, I gave it a Bu King mark. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to amend it, and I'm going to give it a Char King. Okay. You've won me over a little bit. Not all the way. It's definitely, for me personally, it's not a blue flame. Okay. Um, it, there's a really a lot of really good feel-good moments for Hank. It shows you just how good he is at, at something that's not propane for a change. You know, we know that Hank is a good, put-together human being, and yet it's really nice to see him excel at something that's not propane for a chance. Yeah. Um, I can't get over Peggy being awkward and weird, and it feels like it... It's very on point for Peggy to make everything all about herself, but personally, I have an issue with it. So it's it's not something I would show to someone, but that's me. So I'm gonna give it a Char King. Okay. I think that's a fair analysis. It is a fantastic. That is high episode. praise, though. Like it really is. Yeah. Like we give a we give a decent amount of Char Kings out here. Uh, not a whole lot of them turn into Imperials, though. Right. And so this is, in essence, I mean, you could say it's Imperial because you did as good or better. You know, but like it's it's a fantastic episode. It's so good. Um, just the little bits of Hank and Bobby. I, yeah. Just and it's tiny snippets. Like Bobby's not really in this episode. No. But every shot, he is back in Hank, and I love that so much. Absolutely. Well, and and part of our our criteria for the Blue Flame, like you said, is without context, somebody can understand what this show is about and why it's so great. And this really does hit a lot of those points for me. I wouldn't show this episode to somebody because I don't want them to hate Peggy because of it. Yeah. That's my issue. But that being said. And I and I, I get that 100%. Yeah. But like this is me coming off of like also looking just a bit forward. We know that Peggy is going to get weird and she's not weird yet. Not yet. Getting there though. Getting there. <laughs> well, Mark, I don't think she's going to be too weird in this next episode either. We're on episode 65, aisle 8A. I've got to pee. Okay, we're going to pause. Hey, what were you kids working on before they made this a study hall? Birdhouses. Let's see them. Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay, Joseph. Well, I don't see any reason your father needs to find out about this. 
Dang old podcast episode 65, Mark. We're on episode 65 of King That's of the King Hill. That's King of the Hill, not episode 65 of Dang old podcast. <laughs> it's this is like it's fine. I it's think. fine. Uh, Isle 8A. Isle 8A. Original air date of November 7th, 1999. This is also a new writer for us. Mark, have you, do you know anything about one writer named Garland Testa? I know that I see the name and think it's a dumb name every time, even now, 20-something years later. I think Garland Testa, if I'm remembering correctly, is usually one of the producers for this show. Yeah. Um, when you look him up on the wiki, he doesn't have any writing credits, but it's he's credited as the writer for this episode. He, it's he a great is episode, definitely a producer, yeah. But I think he's he mainly does producing and stuff. Um, yeah. So we have a, a smaller cast for this. Uh, really, to keep it kind of close to home, we have Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill. We have Tilly Hill. Barely. Barely. We have Luann Platter. Barely. Barely. Uh, Dale and Nancy Gribble. We That's also have weird. Sorry, Joseph going, in yeah. here. Because I know Joseph asks Bobby about it, but he's not credited in this. Where's Nancy in this one? Not sure. I don't think Nancy's in this episode. Well, we're going to have to amend the wiki. I swear, we say that every episode now. I'm going to make a sound effect. I'm going to make a fucking sound effect for when we got to goddamn change the wiki. Well, when you got to goddamn change the wiki. Right? Um, so we've also got Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Con Min, and Connie Supanusapone. Boy, do we have a Boomhauer in this one. Oh, yes, we do. And then yeah. we also have a cameo from the nurse at the hospital. The nurse at the hospital. Um, are you ready for a synopsis, Mark? Yes. Are you are you really ready for this? I feel proud of this one. I'm I'm ready, baby. Lay it on me. Hank helps Connie experience the joy of being a woman while Con is on a business trip. Can you please re- fucking rephrase that? Because that sounds like <laughs> Hank and Connie smash. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, how about we 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 say it, we phrase it this way? Um, Hank is assaulted by Connie's menstruation cycle while Con is on a business trip well both of them i guess <laughs> both of them both of them <laughs> um our a story characters here bobby connie you could say kind of hank because he kind of takes over half i would say through. hank is a story for sure and your b story is peggy con men you know they're, they're kind of there it's not they're really a b story yeah. but they're just like it's the closest enough to a subplot a that we get subprime a yeah <laughs> subprime yes um there is a b story though Tell me about the B story, Mark. Guys in the alley with uh, Dale's new Megalo, or not Megalo, uh, 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 Mason Mason dumpster. You're correct. Yeah. You are correct. Yes, and I didn't write that down. I'm glad you uh, made a comment about it because I love that. I didn't make any comments really on that. Like, I didn't write any Really, comments. Those are some of my favorite moments. Just like, he's so excited about it. Well, just because it's, I think it's like 30 second vignettes. That's why Tiny I just, I just bits, didn't. just peppering them in. Yeah. But, uh, well, why don't we start out with some notes? Yeah. You want to start? Or you want me to? I'm going to start. Um, All right, Mark. Why have we gotten such little con? This is the first time in at least four episodes we've seen him. Again, pepper him in. I guess we, 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 we've talked a lot about barring uh, nine pretty darn angry men. Yeah. You do not get a Toby Huss as con, con and, and cotton. Con. You don't get it. It's not a thing that you get, except that one. Yeah. Except for that one, really. Um, we just had Cotton and Cotton's plot, so now Toby Huss has to do this one. That, that's fine. You also probably just got Toby Huss, or maybe it's Johnny Hardwick. We haven't figured it out yet, as the announcer for the football games for Bills are made to be broken. Right. So, like, I, I get it. How it's do you want to use him? Yeah. Yeah, like, you don't all. But I also appreciate how he's not in every single. He's a neighbor. Yeah. He's not a friend. He's a neighbor. He's definitely not... He's not, not one of the guys... He's not initiated yet. Not yet. 
he is. In this one, this man, goddamn, like if I didn't think that like um the son that got away was the cementing of Hank and Khan's friendship, mm-hmm. this is the fucking one. Mm-hmm. Not son that got away. Uh, deconstructing Henry. I apologize. That's all right. Both of them, really. Both yeah. of them. Both. <laughs> no, but really, like I don't think we need Khan so no. much when we see him. It's great. But otherwise, it becomes that crappy fixture, and you get sick of... It's the Catwoman in Simpsons. Okay. Uh, Eleanor, whatever the fuck her name is. See, I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't consider Khan as that tangential of a character. Not tangential, but he's just there. He's a neighbor. He works outside of town. He has to commute. What? what? He's Now he's working in Austin, I think, right? Yeah, some, or Houston. Houston, one of them. He's, like, he's got a three-hour commute. I just know that. He's got, like, the huge fucking commute. We're not going to see Khan. We don't see him a lot, and that's fine. We don't need to see him. Like, when we're getting him, it's great, and now... Ooh. I just miss him, man. That's fine, but it's good to see him. <laughs> it it's is. It's like you. I haven't seen you in, a, in in months, and here you are, and I'm glad to see you. <laughs> I just... Not I that if I saw you every week, I'd be upset about it, but... Uh, right? No, I just... I, I wrote in all caps here, I want more of Khan, because every time we have Khan, it's a great episode, it feels like. Yeah. Like, it's such a good indicator if we're going to have a good episode or yeah. not. Um, okay, we're going to get weird. We're going to get weird for a second. Mark, does sexy men do anything for you on the beach? <laughs> That's one of my cons. <laughs> oh, no. We'll get there. We'll get there when we get to cons. She's in my notes, but that is not a con for me. Well, we'll get to why it's a con for me, but we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> um. And I will say, as far as, as this episode goes, it has desensitized me since I was a kid watching it. Like, this thing premiered in 1999, right around my birthday of 1999. So I would have been 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Barely learned about anything as far as, as puberty and menstruation and anything. Like, I would not have been the target audience for this episode by yeah. any means. And yet, ever since watching this, I've been completely desensitized to looking at things like tampons and pads and everything else in the store. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be Hank where I can't walk down the tampon aisle. Right. Like, that seems weird to me. So I've just been desensitized to it. And that's that's cool. I get like, it. Yeah. Like, if, if, I, if I've got to pull a positive out of this, sorry, you definitely crossed one eye and I'm like, oh shit, I'm looking at Kakashi. <laughs> Um, but if I got to pull a positive out of it, that's, that's what I got, man. Yeah. Um, tell me some of your notes. Oh, some, some of my, my notes. Cause I can't get that shit to work again. <laughs> I got a lot of notes. Um, number one, Johnny, I know the answer to this, but I want to know if it still stands. Are you still wearing them satin PJs to bed? Yes, I am. What do you wear to bed? Satin PJs? Yeah. 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 I, Not every night, but yeah. But there generally, um, oh, yeah. literally what I'm wearing now is pretty much what I wear, but sans tank top. Okay. Uh, gym shorts. That was just a note for me. I, I've never, I know you have, I know you own footy pajamas. I've seen you in fucking footy pajamas with ass flap. I've seen you horsed off your fucking ass with your ass flap exposed. And that's why I love you, homie. It's a union suit and I will clink to that. a boy. Um, it's going with me to Germany, bro. I'd be mad if it wasn't. <laughs> um, I love men's cooking tips. I stirred it with a spoon. No more burnt hands, Hank. <laughs> that I, should be a favorite moment of mine. Peggy being such a dick about it is is what makes it. I love that. I love that oh. so much. Um, <laughs> um, how many cows could I eat? We've talked before about this. 
I think maybe 1.5. I really think I could put down if I tried 1.5 cows. In a year? Yeah. I think I could. I at least at least one full. Yeah. I could do an entire cow in a year all I One year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just I thought that was a good note. Or a, a, a good I bit. want a steak, man, so hard. Bitch, we're gonna go to City Market after this is fine. <laughs> I haven't had a Mark steak in years. We're gonna go, baby. It's alright. There's no win. We're gonna fucking grill today. It's alright. I'm breaking my beer fast. Um <laughs> Um, fantastic. We haven't had a in, in a long so time. long. And we just talked about where like we don't really blow our animation budgets. God, they put that into Hank's face. Yes. So good. Um, also, I, this is a super long note, but I wrote it out just word for word. And I'm just going to read it to you. I feel like I miss a lot of this episode because I'm a guy, but that's cool. Though I am curious to see if this is accurate. And I was going to ask you... But I couldn't ask you because, uh, again, I assumed you were going to be home for this. And I was just hoping you shout down to J-Ray. <laughs> hey, what was your first period like? Oh, I know all about my wife's first period, which so, seems like a weird thing to say. No, not at all. I don't know about my wife's, but it's fine. But, like, no, I, I miss a lot of context for it. But, like you're saying, I took a lot of knowledge for this. And I know how bad the line is. Of It's like a tire fire, Bobby. <laughs> You just watch it and get a beer and wait for it to burn out. <laughs> just let it burn. But that's it. That's all you can do. Yeah. You throw chocolate at this fucking angry beast of a thing. <laughs> and without revealing too much, listeners, my lady's on a, not DUI. What are they called? I, no, that's. IUD. I was going to say, no, that's improvised explosion or device. IUD. 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 That's. Inner uterine device, yeah, whatever. Um, My wife had her tubes taken out, yeah, so, so it's no, cool. So Johnny and I are not the best to ask about this, because I don't know about you, but I, my lady hasn't had one in years now, and it's great, and I love it, because I definitely remember, like, every 3.2 weeks, oh, um, I'm just coming home with chocolate and just patting on the head and hiding in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Let me know in four days when I can drop another load. <laughs> <laughs> Bottle cap! That I missed. <laughs> Oh, I totally Sorry, up. buddy. Not at all. I had to. Not at all. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. But so, like, I really like this episode. I really appreciate how they do it. Um, you get you get Peggy. I love Peggy's straightforwardness in it, talking to Bobby. I love Hank giving Bobby the talk. Yeah. Everybody takes ownership of this episode. They definitely do, and it's great, and it's, it's the right way to do it. But then I also super appreciate the idea that Joseph is there... To be the idiot like side commentary of I heard her aunt Flo was in town and Bobby following up with the line yeah probably because she got her period they keep referring to it as her curse her curse <laughs> and I've heard no it's the curse of Eve that's why women have periods because bitches sold us out in the Garden of Eden hashtag <laughs> zero zero never forget and whatever this is why you women should barely be glad to vote I don't I don't know but like <laughs> can I God stop damn for, I appreciate it yeah can please. I stop you for yeah. a second and just say we love women and we don't really think this way. We've just had a lot to drink. No, but even then, like, I'm not, I'm not hating. No, no, no. I no. just like the fact that, like, you have Hank and, and Peggy being so straightforward with Bobby. Yeah. I even love Hank trying. There's a, a woman has a period of time. I don't like that it's called a period. Hey, you want to know the joke that my mom slapped me for when I was in fifth grade? Do you know why school buildings are red, Johnny? You'd be red too if you had eight periods a day. Wow. I know. I didn't get it. I'm part of the problem. Wow. Now I'm not, but that's 20-something years later. I love this episode. 
for like I don't want to say woke. Woke's the wrong word, but I just like I like how they handle it. It's so mature. Yeah, I like I love Hank and um Connie in eight A looking at stuff. I love her breaking down. I don't know what to do. My mom taught me nothing. I don't I have love any Hank's money. support of this. I love Hank's support of Con in this. Hank reaches out and pats Con in the back. We've talked about how oh. Hank doesn't touch. And like he shakes hands to say I love you. And Hank reached around like bro kind of almost, almost bro hugs Khan in a time before bro hug was a thing. It's basically like, you know, if Bobby had been a woman, I'd be right in the same spot and I'm yeah. just lucky that I'm not. Yeah. So I'm exactly. sorry that you are. I'm sorry that you are. I added some pages. Yep. You want to know this. I passed the OSHA manual every time I had to take it. Yep. Like I, did, I did my duty and made sure your kid was okay. Yeah. But unfortunately, it just means that you now get to go down aisle 8A instead of Yeah, me. but this episode taught me and informed me that women are tire fires. You drink a beer and let them burn and throw chocolate at them, and that's fine. Yeah. Um. How about some pros, buddy? What you got? <laughs> it's it's weird to think that we're just on notes because yeah, it feels yeah, yeah. like we've been talking about this for a oh, minute we're at the, already. Oh, we're at the hour mark right now. Yes. Um. So my pros. I love the condescension. You already mentioned it. The condescension of Connie's parents, yeah. of Con and Min, when they bring her over to the hills and just go... This teach you how to be parents. I yeah. love that because yeah. it's very much on character for them. So yeah, but it's on point. It's mm-hmm. not a it's it's not a bad point. It's on point. Like you expect them to do this shit. No, and it's weird to think that like Khan and Min almost don't. They're not trying to be dicks about it. No, they really genuinely think that Hank and Peggy are not as good a parents as them, and they want to make sure their kids okay. No more burnt so, hands. <laughs> But it's just like, oh god, this is so offensive. I I love it. I love it. Um, I like Bobby being a waiter. Okay. Because it's just long enough. If he did it more than that, I would be not okay with it. But it's just enough, and Hank's reaction is what makes me like it. Just get in the kitchen. Do you realize, or, or do you, or did you notice whatever? I don't, I don't know the right wording because I'm what ten beers deep at this point. Um, no. Did you notice how Bobby kicks in this weird like? What do you call that service industry role with uh, Return to Lagrana? Are you gonna finish those mints? He yep. does it, and it's it's just Bobby informed off television and what he's seen in like restaurants and stuff. And he, I I love it. I love it. It's so on point for Bobby. But yeah, he does the server thing at the Christmas party. Yes, he like, does. He does all sorts Mr. of Mr. and Mrs. Dotrieve. Would you like a tater tot? Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's just a Bobby thing. Yeah. Um, I think that Hank is incredibly smart on how he handles. Connie's situation. Yep. I gotta give him props here because Hank doesn't know anything. No. He and he's done he's made it his like life's ambition to not know anything about that. And yet he's tried Con. He's tried Min. He's tried Peggy. He's tried his mom. And and what do you and do when you can't get her. any of them? And she's such a sweet woman. Yeah, she's such a sweet woman. <laughs> what do you do when you can't get rid of or can't get any of them? Yep. You take her to the hospital and let her talk to a doctor who knows about it. Yeah. That is insanely smart and very, very responsible and respectful of Connie. Yeah. Like, I want to make sure you're getting the right information. I'm not just going to try and talk my way through this. But that's it. He doesn't know. He's not trying to bullshit it. Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit, this is a really smart way to tackle this. Also, missing scenes we wish we could have seen. Like, Don't use a Band-Aid? No. No, no. I was going to say, Nancy, I need to speak to John Redcorn. Oh, God. 
My people believe this is a sacred time in women's life. Oh no, that's <laughs> it's fine. Oh. I just that was it. That's you all. and your damn John Rick. That's all I got. That's all I got. I'm not doing anymore. It's all right. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, and then the last pro I have in here is, and you already hit on it. Hank's talk with Bobby. His Hank's talk. talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's very <laughs> well done. Screws, like yeah, yeah. It's very well done. It's weird to think that Hank had such a problem talking to Bobby in the early season about what puberty is, what to expect with like, um, like sex and, 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 uh, anatomy and all this other stuff. And yet with this one, he's basically come to the effect of, well, shit, he already knows a lot of this. I need to explain this part to him because otherwise he's going to think this girl just hates him because she hates him. Right. And he knows, I think Hank honestly recognizes how much Connie means to Bobby. Yeah. So, yeah. Dude, he's he's that's a huge pro for me is his talk. Yes. All right, give me some of your pros, guy. All right, number one, um, Bobby cock blocking Boomhauer. <laughs> I totally didn't even hit on that, but I love that. I, I love, love that, that whole scene. I love all of it. I love dang, Dangle Girl. I'm a veteran right now, man. Dangle. <laughs> but then that and like Dangle using the turtles though. Yeah, Dangle. Yeah, Dangle. Finally, you know, you wear the bottom, wear the top. You know, you Dangle. Yeah, but then like, oh yeah, Dangle. Tell me, I go Dangle first fall, call and like closes the door on him. I love that. I love every second of that. Like he's just oh, ringing yeah. the doorbell and Dangle. What are you ringing the door? Like I love. I love. Like that. I'm busy right now. But then I love Bobby like whispering him. When there's a girl in the house. And he's terrified. And like Boom Howard just like takes a beat and Okay, so just whatever, man. Flannel get a f- set of flannel pajamas, top and bottom, you're good to go. Yeah. I'm gonna wear the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that's a great instinct. Let D- me know how it goes. Let me d- call me first. He says Dangle made me the first phone call. I love that. <laughs> I love the first dinner scene. Sorry. Okay. No, no, I was just, uh, so while we're on Boomhauer, real quick, I just, I want to make note of the fact that it's not just the adults that understand that Boomhauer's a ladies' man. The kids very clearly do because it's not like Hank told him to go and talk to him. No. Hank wouldn't have told him to talk to him. No. So I just want to point that out, like, Bobby and probably Joseph know exactly who to talk to when it comes to girls. Yeah. It's Boomhauer. Well, it's not Dale, and it sure shooting ain't Bill. (laughs) Why do you keep calling me, Bill? Why won't you wear my pajama bottoms? <laughs> Can I have another codeine, please? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, no. <laughs> I just ruined myself for you're, a second. You're good, homie. You're good. Um, I love their first dinner scene together. I love that. I love Connie engaging Hank and talking about propane. I love... First thing I do is I sit down and I put my napkin on my lap. I love every (laughs) single bit. It's such a great little scene. I love it so much. I love them washing plates after. You got a big hunk of fat. I love it. I love it so much. They're cute. They're great. That scene clips. The dinner washing scene clips. (laughs) The entire everything up until like... It's such a weird... I don't know. I was a I was a bitch boy in high school. I, I didn't I didn't get I, I wasn't Bobby. I didn't have a girlfriend in seventh, eighth grade, whatever. But like I love every moment up into Are you scared? I'm kinda scared. And then Bobby freaks the fuck out. And it's such a good moment. And yeah, I'm going to bed. I, I love that. Um Because Connie even leans into it. Yeah, Connie's into it. 
And, like, we kind of know that uh, Connie's a little bit, like, I don't want to call it sexier than Bobby, but she's a little bit sexier. Like, she gets kind of weird and, like, um, something got away in yeah. the caves with Joseph. Like She understands the, the adult aspects of it better than Bobby. Bobby has watched TV, but Connie understands what these things mean. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to be in charge, Hank? No. <laughs> I love that line. I love that line yep. so much. No. Um, Laura and Tom in this episode, when Min is talking to Connie on the couch while Connie's watching the whales and crying, such a good little bit. I love that Min is like telling her that all boys want one thing. And one of those things is Bobby Hill. Um, <laughs> she's in the middle of her, her Laotian and all you hear is Bobby Hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love Dude, that so Laura much. Laura and Tom, can we give her the MVP for this episode? We fucking, because... we can give her the blue flame of valor for Holy this episode. Shit, we Dude. give her the, the, the rainbow blazer of the, for this episode. We absolutely can because like you were saying, the first dinner scene is a vastly different than the second. Yes. And then you also get that weird like character arc of her also talking to her yeah. in in Minnan and Connie. It's like, holy shit, this is really... Dude, cheers to you, Lawrence. Huh? I will get on uh, Seth MacFarlane's dick sometimes. He has really good moments in American Dad. Not so much Family Guy. Family Guy, you realize he's just in the studio talking to himself. And it doesn't matter because the characters aren't listening. They're just delivering lines to one another. American Dad. Um, There's actual shit there. He, they, they, they're listening. In this one... Lauren Tom's listening and like reacting to both sides. God damn, she crushes it. Like, yeah, yeah. You get the rainbow coat of valor. That new, new sweeping proclamation, new Bengal <laughs> podcast award. The blue coat or the rainbow coat of valor. Lauren Tom, you're getting it. I hope you hear this. Um, <laughs> when this episode comes out, we'll make sure to tag you in the Twitter posts. God damn right. Once again, Hank's explanation equals tire fire. God damn, that shaped me as a person. It taught me how to handle women. I remember this shit in like eighth or ninth grade. I remember being there as like, no. And also, okay, can I be gross? Yeah. I have a Wolverine sense of smell. I don't know if you remember this, but I used to be able to smell the girls in the theater department. Yep. And I could, I knew it. It was just there. Whatever. I'm Wolverine. I'm short. I'm hairy. I'm angry. I hate my dad. You get and that I got weird a killer smell. sense of smell. <laughs> But like, yeah, it's it, 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 it's pennies. That's what I smell is pennies. It's like, oh, pennies. Okay, don't talk to Brittany today. <laughs> and that's fine. And it informed me. And like, I'm not being sexist. I'm not trying to be a misogynist about it. I nope. just, that informed me. And it was like. I need you, to stay away from this person for a couple of days. Yeah. You just, you you just, hey, how are you? Like, be real friendly. And that's all good. It's all good. Um, Yeah. Th- those are my pros. You got some cons for me, good buddy. One. Okay. And I had to hunt for it. Okay. It was like the end of the episode because I went, there is nothing wrong with this episode. Like hardly anything wrong with this episode. The only thing, Min could have waited to tell Khan. It's comedic that she didn't. Yes. But she could have. Yes. Right? Like that's the only con I have in here. That's Yeah, that's my only one. Well, not my only one. I got a couple, but they're, they're different cons. Let me know what yours are because like I said, there's not a lot to hate in this episode. This is insanely good. Number one, listeners, I just got back from my uh, 10-year anniversary trip with my wife. I'm calling her my wife. We're not married, whatever. I don't know. It's common law, bro. She's close enough. She's my wife. I just got back with my Jilly. Um, (laughs) Uh, Ah, right, smart farm. (laughs) I just got back from vacation with my uh, partner. Uh, We were in Hawaii. And um, I can tell you firsthand, um, those beaches are 
so fucking packed, you can't play the frisbee game. I'm mad that I get to like throw the fizz- frisbee and make crazy love wherever it lands. Fine, that's my own personal con. Um, don't try band aids. In my mind, <laughs> don't use band aids for this problem. In my mind, the nurse has to tell Hank to not use band aids because somebody has used band aids, and we all know that the nurses in Arlen, Texas, have access to thousands of pamphlets more than you have. And somebody used a band aid once, and that. That bothers me a lot. But again, not really a con, just so much like, oh, oh, oh. Um, and finally, $6.99 in 1999. What the fuck is that? It's like $25 now. I feel so bad for women. Oh, I, and again, like this is not an episode that I am qualified to this is not an episode that I am qualified to speak about because I am a dude. I have never had a period. I will give you that I man straight and get shitty every like eight or nine weeks a year. Or, you know, about every nine, eight or nine weeks, I get real sad and angry. Yeah. Because it's what men do too. It's the same but different. But like, no. Like, God damn, this is so... We need something better. I'm not qualified to speak and or offer any insights, but goddamn, that pisses me off. We're one of the only countries that doesn't allow something to that effect to help with that. Uh, for our Norwegian listeners, I know I've had a conversation with at least one of you about uh, uh, menstrual cycle pads and equipment. We'll just say feminine hygiene products. Feminine hygiene products. Exactly. Products. And uh, and how I think in Norway now it's it is essentially a free thing. You can go as a woman and go and pick up these products for free to make sure that you're okay or at a severely discounted rate. So I'm not countries are starting to work it. Countries are starting to work with it. I also think that it's part of the government is paying them. So it's not as if it, you're just grabbing it. And no one's getting paid. The government is paying so that you can. It ought to be yeah. like okay. I don't know how you do this. It ought to be like wicker food stamps. Okay. You're not paying for it, but you're kind of paying for it, but not really, but kind of sort of. Sure. But like... It should just be essentially a part of your tax. In public... But like in public bathrooms, you ought to have that shit there. It ought to... I... Okay. So like um, in college, I took a course called Women in Drama and I was one of three dudes in it. Yep. And I heard a lot of horrible things and I learned a lot of horrible things. And my biggest takeaway was like, God damn, dude have sanitary products for women readily available and, 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 and they should be free. What if you don't have a fucking quarter? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Oh God, it's terrible. And that, that bothers me, but I can't fault this episode because that pisses me off. No, absolutely. It's, it's, I, I think you guys can understand that we're coming across very much as pro-feminist, pro-female. You and I are ardent feminists. Said it before, absolutely. say it again. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's, we, we want the best. We want as much equity as we can between the other genders that we've got here. And so, shit, if you ever meet Mark and I and you for some reason you don't have the six ninety nine it is to go and buy a feminine hygiene product, chances are pretty good we'll help you out with it. You fucking find me. I will buy you tampons. It's <laughs> tampons. Tampons. <laughs> it, tampons. It's good. I, no, like, no, really, but like. No, but also, I think that birth control should be free and mandatory. But hey, whatever. Who cares? That's not not what we're here for. I apologize. No, yeah. it's cool. But hey, this is a, this is a, a clink to Mark and I and and our support of women.
Cheers to you women that are listening to this. Thank you for listening, and we appreciate you for everything. Not just your fucking baby-making abilities. Yes. It's mostly <laughs> your tits, but that's where I am. That's you. Uh, Mark, let's get to favorite moments, because... Um, well, before we do that, I have a potential retro-reference rage for oh, you. Oh, shoot. But first, okay. I'm going to cap this beer. Because I haven't had a red rum yet, and I'm kind of upset about it. You gotta have one, man. Yeah, this, this is my favorite fucking beer in the world. Mm. God, it tastes like coming in home. <laughs> Almost like a face plant, right? Pertnier. That's the dream that can never be re-realized. Re- oh, God. I wish. <sighs> oh, I wish. Remember that shit? Yes. Because I, I only don't. got one taste of it. Because I Because I was illegal. Because I don't, but I remember it. I also just realized, look, Johnny, there's a rose. There's <laughs> a keyhole. 19. 19. Where's 19? 19? No, that's not our number, but we got to find our number. Okay. Just a sec. Sorry, it's stuck. You're good. Yeah. <sighs> got to feel better now. I have one retro reference, Rage, and Let's I need to it. ask you about this. This episode was dropped in 99, November okay. 11th. 11th. Yep. No, 9th. Ninth. Okay, November 9th. Nope, 7th. 7th. Wow. Doesn't matter. 1999. They're doing Slim Shady. Yeah. When did you first become aware of Slim Shady? Because I figured him out in 2002, but didn't start listening to him until 04. 01 or 02, probably. That's that's weird. But then I got to think about, like, so number one, like, he just put an al- out an album, like, two years ago, I think. But also, Bobby watches Breakfast Time at the Apollo. I am sure that he watches, like, Breakfast Time VH1 and watches, like, early Eminem shit. Yeah. So that's my weird, like, tangential, is it maybe a retro reference rage, but I can't tell. Maybe. I honestly don't remember when. uh, I know. So Dr. Dre had Eminem on his album for the new millennium. Okay. For the year 2000. So, because that's the um, Forgot About Dre. That's where that song comes off of. So I know that... Eminem was big enough before 2000 to warrant a, um, a, a an additional credit onto Dr. Dre's album. Okay. So I want to say the Marshall Mathers LP was 99 or 98, but that's still pretty obscure. I don't think he blew up as fast as I want to believe he did. So um, cursory Google search points us that the Marshall Mathers LP came out in 2000. Okay. So that means that Bobby probably saw this on VH1 or MTV. It's it's uh, the single that dropped before the album, right? Which which is what you do. Okay. I just it was a note for me, and then I had to think about like where I was when I got into Eminem sure. and why I don't listen to Eminem now. But yeah, it was but a, when you think about the production of this, Mark, they did Slick a well, Slick that... a Slim Shady six months at least before. That wasn't a single six months before, right? Well, so do you know the name of that one? Um, the real Slim Shady is that say. is it called Real Slim Shady? I think so. Okay, just like sorry. No, you're good. Like I'm, I'm curious. I want to follow this fucking rabbit hole. Also, slick a slick as Slim Shady, Slim Shady, like because it's jika jika Slim Shady. It's jika jika, not slick a slick. I thought it was slick a slick. I don't it's know. Jika jika. You have to ask my wife. She loves Eminem. It's a weird Japanese point. You put the hash marks on it, and it turns the jute or the suit to the jute. Nice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're cutting all this out anyway. Not the fucking lyrics, you cockshiner. 
No, it came out. It was released in 2000 with Marshall Mathers LP. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Probably saw it as a single. Like it must have been. I know that I was exposed to Evanescence before their album came out in Daredevil. So there you go. Like, hey, I saw the original Pokemon on the actual, uh, legitimate American release about six months before it blew the fuck up. So oh fuck, there you go. Just because I like to watch cartoons before I went to school. Yeah, (laughs) and that's and again, this it's literally a nothing at all. But like. I have a very weird core memory of watching the very first episode of Pokemon. Really? Yes. Because I was, it just, that's it. It was the day that it premiered and I just happened to be watching TV that day. No shit. Yeah. Like I've been a, like a day one Pokemon fan and it's real weird to think about it. My first Pokemon, and we're keeping all this in. Um, my first <laughs> Pokemon was um, uh, the uh, challenge by Samurai. When Ash makes his Metapod harden even yep. harder than Samurai's. Yep, that's like the first ten episodes. Yeah, within there. I yeah. was living in a weird apartment building. Uh, we were in between schools, and then like that night, we went and watched the Phantom Menace in Brighton, Colorado. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I tried to do Darth Maul flips and fill my face in a compass. I know it's when I think about that, it's just weird because I have the same vivid memory of watching Pokemon for the very first time as I do of waking up and my mom going, yeah, some planes hit the world trade center. And I'm like, Oh Jesus. Okay. This is a definitely a core memory. Um, okay. So are we to favorite moments, Mark? Uh, Oh no, I have a retro race. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. I do. That's why I had this whole at an hour and a half recording time. Fuck it. We're good. No, we're, Um, we're live. We're fucking live. (laughs) Listeners, me and, me and my buddy Johnny are here. We're getting drunk. Where I, Mark, and my good buddy Johnny, we get drunk and talk about <laughs> King of the Hill live at a fucking person. It's amazing. Um, Joseph makes a comment. My dad won't even let me into a chat room anymore. Chat rooms don't exist anymore. It's fuck just you. fucking Discord. No, fuck you. Discord is chat rooms. And it's Reddit's. It's, Lin- it's, linear that's evolution. It it's the same. No, it's the same. You just don't call it a chat room anymore because it's not live ac- active conversation. <laughs> That's that's my is issue. the noise I make to you in response is me wiggling my <laughs> lips back back and forth. Um, okay, favorite moments, Mark. Favorite moments, um, big bad can. It's right here. Is Second it? one, big bad can. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Guys, I feel like we uh we kind of glossed over the fact that the B story is nothing but a bunch of dudes getting really excited about a form like plastic form filled garbage can that can hold 2000 empty beer cans. We talked about we talked about it an hour ago like Dale had his trash can. We that did. was their beeline. Yeah. <laughs> I also I also really 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 as long as we're here, I really appreciate how no part of this B plot has anything to do with the A. Yeah, there's it's not completely separate. There's not Hank in the alley. Oh, Connie got her period. That's the curse, Hank. When women get it, it attracts bit bears. I like bears. Yeah, you. They gonna tell you what, man. Like they gonna go down to Megalo A. You know A. You know, man. They gonna they gonna Megalozorban C. Like you don't get that. I'm so glad we don't get that. <laughs> Mom, I was really mean to Bobby. He annoying little boy. Yeah, I love. I yeah, basically, yeah. So, I love that line so much. I that's one of those ones that's like cemented in my head. And like when I heard it today, I was like, oh, it's so great. I want to say that Khan legitimately hates Bobby, but I don't think Min does. I think Min no Min Min was teaching my ocean. 
Yeah. Just the different form because he's lower class, but like... Yeah. I don't think Min really has that much issue with him because no. she's been in that situation. Yeah, you like somebody that your dad doesn't like. I understand that. Do you think that like Min stands Bobby and... Or no, not stands. Do you think that Min ships... Uh, what would you Bobby call Bobby and Connie? Yeah, but I'm trying to think of like the gross, stupid tumble name. Cobby? Do you think that Min ships Cobby? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I think she does. Like it's closer to Kanang. Chang. Well, Chang was son of Stalin. Well, that's racist. <laughs> I think no. I think she would ship Chang and Connie more than. Bobby no, and no, no, because because Khan is pushing Chang, and Min well, remembers maybe. when he, uh, her dad wanted her to marry Pulsam River out or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> and his Khan rolls up in his sweet ass pompadour. Red moped. <laughs> Daddy was a bad boy. Um, no, I, I. <laughs> um, this is gonna be a two-hour fucking episode, isn't it? Fine, it's fine. Jesus, doesn't even matter. This is great. I love this. I, <laughs> God damn, this is so great. Um, no, I really like. Um, I like the idea that um, Connie likes Bobby. Yeah, like she's softer to him. She's sweeter to him. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we rate this bad, Larry? Do you have anything I, else to say? I got some oh, you got favorite moments. moments. I'm sorry. Yeah. I do. No, so we, Big Bad Can is up there. Big Bad. And since it was on both, that's got to be the bad best one. Big Bad Can. <laughs> um, I love that all three of the guys, except for Hank, all wedge themselves into a trash can when Khan looks out. <laughs> Which one is best one? <laughs> the Dodrio of Rednecks? <laughs> yes. Um, I also absolutely adore every single time that Khan makes a reference to chicken fried. Yes. This chicken fried nightmare. Yes. Chicken. Let me get you out of this chicken fried nightmare because he's done it before already with, um, um chicken fat. Chi- uh, what does he say? It's chicken fat nightmare. Chicken fat anchor. Chicken fat anchor. Chicken fat anchor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He tear you down with chicken fat anchor. Yeah. And then he gets yelled at by, uh, uh, John, whatever his face is. The dude that died. Vidi? No. No. Wait, what? My wife and kids, John, whatever. Oh, the fuck Ritter. Is, John Ritter. And his fucking yeah. stupid little pitch pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> so, those are my favorite moments, man. Chicken right. Fried Nightmare. <laughs> I love Con. Um, yeah. I, that God, is I one of Con. my. That's one of my moments about, like. Um, so, he makes a big deal about how he gets five minutes regular scrubs. Everybody else gets three. three. And, like, it's a five-minute speech. Calm the hell down. Yeah. Yeah. But also, it's weird, like, uh, two years later, after this episode, he could have texted her. Yeah. And that's a weird feeling. And that, that that's just a weird feeling. It I don't know. Let's, let's write this bad, Larry. What do, you, what do you got, Johnny? Okay, so, Mark. Johnny. Originally, I think I gave this a Char King. Okay. Um, so if the only con that I have in the whole episode is that men could have waited to tell con about what was going on with Connie and the fact that this handles such a weird subject in such a unique and positive way, positive I'm, and effective. Yes. Yes. I'm amending this. It's okay. a blue flame for me. Fucking a, it's a blue flame. Can you tell me that this is not a blue flame because you don't need to know any of the other characters. No. You need to know that, Bobby and Connie are dating. They yep. tell you in the episode. Tell you the episode. You need to know that Con and Connie don't really care. 
don't sorry. really. That's all right. Sorry, face, sorry again. The sorry face again. fucked me up. I'm sorry, sorry. You need to know it that Khan and Min don't like the way that Hank and Peggy raise their kid, which is very fucking apparent. Yeah. But it happens. All you need to know is the neighbors are going out of town. The neighbor girl that's dating the neighbor boy is now going to stay with them and she dating, gets her period. Dating, wink, wink, wink. Yeah. And she gets her period. Yeah. That's it. You don't need to know the characters for no. this. The only, only part that you're missing by not knowing the characters is why Bobby's going to Boomhauer. Maybe. But even then? But he sets it up. He fig- You get that, you get the context halfway through that conversation. I got yep. a girl in the bedroom right now. Like, Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, I'm amending it, man. It's not a charking, it's a blue flame. You have, you have turned me. You have turned me to this. Oh, look at that spike. Oh, that's a good spike. <laughs> that's a mute for sure. Um, how about you, my guy? Okay, so um, this might be the first ever in Dangle Podcast history. I gave this one a blue flame. Okay. I love this episode. It's not the first double blue flame. Yeah, it is. No, well, it isn't. No, no, no. But double Firefighting. Blue, no, but I gave the last one a blue flame. Oh, yes. This that's is true. our King Ghidorah head of blue flames. There's three of them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I love this episode. This is a fantastic episode. Um, character growth, understanding, zero fucking context needed. Like even like the dudes in the alley, you don't need to know that they get horned up for a stupid trash can. You nope. just see that's that. That's just a funny it, little side project. There it is, and that's all it is. It's completely independent and separate. It's a. It's, it's a there to break the tension. Yeah, absolutely. He annoying little boy. Like Lauren Tom kills it. Um. Yeah. No, I oh, so good. If if I'm not being so bold as to say, if I had a young daughter that was really curious and wanted to know about kind of what was going on, I wouldn't feel weird showing her this episode and watching it with her. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like totally. It, it, it handles it in such an adult way. Yes, I feel like yes. that. Like okay, okay, this could be part of sex ed. This episode could be part of sex No, again, like I've said before, this episode informed me. This episode did better to inform me than like fucking, I think, like three sex ed courses that I took. Like, God, I love this episode. Two blue flames out of me, one out of you. This is a good episode, guys. I'm telling you right here. This might be one of the best. This might be one. I'm even fucking marking it. Like, this one might be. No, never mind. Melissa's over there. I'm marking it anyway. Like, this might be one of the... It's one of the best duo episodes we've ever done. This Is this our first double blue flame? Or was that our firefight? Firefight and we will go. Firefight we will go was double. Second... So it's second, our second dual blue flame. Second duo flame. You are now at your five, by the way. I've reached it. You've reached five. And I've I can tell four. you that fucking next week I'm going to blow my fucking load again with uh, your can name Desire. Well... Spoilers, everybody. That's my all-time favorite episode, so yeah. you better believe I am, too. Yeah. Goddamn. Wow. What a great time to be alive. What a great time to be a King of the Hill fan. Johnny, very important question that I already know the answer to resoundingly. How do you feel about King of the Hill? Mark, I can unabashedly say that I love King of the Hill. How about yourself? I love it. I want to watch more. I am excited. I I had to stop myself Literally today, I, I I watched this one like at 10.30. I finished, well, it was like 9.45 when I took my lunch and I got off at 10.30. But like I watched it today. I was watching, I was like, I don't, I'm not in the mood for it. I'm mad about it. I hate it. 
And then I came from lunch and watched it. I loved it. I'm in a place where right now I... Is there a thing past love for King of the Hill? Because I am thing past love for King of the Hill. God damn, here we are. It's, it's wonderful. It's fantastic. I mean, Mark, we're over 30 oh. episodes at this point. Yeah, we are. Preaching our love to this show because of how much it means to both of us. I, if that's not more than love, I don't know what it is. This show taught me how to handle women. Kind of, sort of, if you don't think about it too hard. Yeah. Oh. We're, we're pl- plus 30 hours at this point of just talking about one fictional family in Arlen, Texas. And yes. You know what? I'd happily do another 100 hours with you. Goddamn, buddy. So... Let's cheers to that. I love King of the Hill. I do too, man. Oh, Let's man. get this guy uh, all wrapped up. Uh, Mark, you want to tell the good folks where they can find us on Twitter? If you wanted to find us, you could find us at the Dangle Podcast at gmail.com. Dangle Podcast on Twitter. Dangle Podcast on Instagram. You can find me personally at Marky Stardust on Twitter. You can find me at Great Greek Buffalo on Instagram, but I don't really update it because I think Instagram is stupid as shit. You can also find me on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards podcast, where me and my buddy Josh talk about a variety of weird shit. And I think if my timing is right, we have just discussed the occurrence and appearance and the um, uh, plausibility of the existence of the Megalodon. And Johnny, what do you got, buddy? Hey, you guys can find me at KrautBallStream on Twitter. Kraut is in sauerkraut, ball is in Swedish meatball, and stream as in a much smaller version of the Rhine River, where I'm going to be moving soon. So, with that being said, Mark, let's get out of here, man. It's been a good day. Fuck out of here. Listeners, enjoy this sweet little bit of Chuck Man Joni, and y'all have a good night. We love you all, everyone. 